What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? This is Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here today with another installment of Overthinking MTG. And uh, so we're on the Magic, uh, Magic the Gathering, well, Gatherer, the Magic the Gathering database, and I just pressed that random card button, everybody's favorite, and we get Dream Thief. Okay, so this is from Eventide, which if I'm not mistaken was in the Lorewin block. Actually, Lorewin was the first set to come out after I stopped playing, to give you an idea of uh, times, you know. So I understand for a lot of people, Lorewin was this thing that was like, really, really long ago, and just kind of a thing that happened, um, and a piece of the history, but for me, it's actually the beginning of my, um, yeah, it's the beginning of my, my rather large blind spot in magic history, so here we go, Dream Thief, 2-1, or sorry, let's start with mana cost, 2 generic and a blue, so we got a mana cost of 3, Fairy Rogue, with flying, as fairies often often have. Uh, it's a 2-1, so 2-1 for 3. Ugh. And this is a common, so it definitely feels like draft chaff. When Dream Thief comes into play, draw a card if you played another blue spell this turn. Ugh. Alright, yeah, no, this is terrible. This is this is definitely... Um, yeah, no, this is definitely draft chaff, for sure. And definitely not something that I want to get early on in the pack. You know, if I'm looking at, like, my second or third pick in a pack and I'm seriously considering Dream Thief, I'm probably in rough shape. That said, you know, I, get, I, I don't know the limited environment in Eventide. It may have been very good in that set, but I just I don't feel like the pieces are there. Um, so it does have flying. So it is two power in the air. So that's something. I mean, that's not nothing for sure. A 2-1 flyer for 3 is a little expensive, but in limited, depending on the limited environment, there may be a place for it. Because flyers are valuable. They are incredibly valuable. Um, that said, it only has one toughness. So, all removals and all flying blockers, well, almost all flying blockers, can knock this thing out of the game. So, okay, so you don't really have a lot going there. Um, and then its secondary ability, like what you're paying extra for, is the ability to draw an extra card, but only if you played another blue spell. So card draw is valuable. Card draw is good. Absolutely. But the thing is, like, let's compare Dream Thief with Cloudkin Seer, which was an elemental that came out in M20. It was, it cost two generic and a blue for a 2-1 flyer, and when it came into play, you drew a card. Exact same thing, and that is great in Limited. It's just so much better. Like, inarguably better. You can't... There's no comparison. Because one of the big values is being able to get that 2-1 body on the field on turn 3. However, in this case, with Dream Thief, if you play the Thief on turn 3, you're not getting the ability to you're not drawing a card because you didn't play another blue spell this turn. So you, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, so you need to have at least four mana before you can start using this. Because you're going to get four mana... You, you have to have at least four mana and another blue spell. Now, that blue spell, in a lot of cases is going to be count you know, like some kind of control magic that you're going to want to play at instant speed on your opponent's turn. So that doesn't synergize with this at all. Like, get that completely out of here. Like, if I'm sitting on a counterspell, you know, 
I need to hope that my opponent tries to play something during my main phase or during combat so that I can counter it and then in the post-combat main phase play Dream Thief and draw that card. I mean, that's a lot of hoops to jump through just to draw a single card. Yeah, um, I can't imagine... I can't imagine a situation where that's going to be worth it. I mean, it's going to be limited if anything. If anything. But I would be shocked. That said, it's a common. You know, so draft chaff, it is what it is. I have no doubt there are bulk bins at your local game store that have a few copies of uh, Dream Thief in them. Yeah, guaranteed. Just because it's... I mean, unless they are really good at liquidating their bulk, in which case, well, maybe not. Yeah, because this is bulk, for sure. All right, so let's see. There are a couple of rulings. Let's take a look at that, and then we can dive into the flavor of this thing because we might find something fun there. All right, so rulings. Dream Thief doesn't check whether you've cast another blue spell until it's Enter the Battlefield ability resolve. So if Dream Thief's Enter the Battlefield ability triggers, then you cast a blue instant spell in response, you'll get the bonus. Oh, cool. All right, so one way you could do that is on turn three, play Dream Thief, and then as that ability is on the stack, hit it with Unsummon, bring it back up to your hand, you've now cast another blue spell, draw a card, then you have the Dream Thief loaded, ready to go again. So, again, you're still looking at... So in that case, what you've done is you've added... You've effectively added a kicker to Unsummon. Or, you know, you've turned Unsummon in, instead of pay one, return a creature to its owner's hand, you end up, the the net result is spend four mana, discard on summon, and draw a card. Like, so you've ended up with a really crappy divination. Um, yeah, still, still not worth it. No, if I'm, if I'm paying four to draw a card, I need to make sure that it's not some kind of gumpy two-card combo. That's, there's got to be better ways to use this. Um, anyway, so that's ruling number one. Ruling number two, and these are both from August of 2008. Although Dream Thief says it looks for another blue spell, there's no requirement that Dream Thief actually be cast as a spell or be blue for this part of its ability to work. For example, if a spell such as Zombify puts Dream Thief directly onto the battlefield, its ability will still check whether you've cast a blue spell this turn, even though you didn't cast Dream Thief itself as a spell. Right, that, that makes good sense. So as long as you've played... So actually, that, that works with things like Zombify. That would also work with uh, cards like Soul Foundry or Mimic Vat, where you're producing tokens that are copies of something. So if you had Dream Thief on a Mimic Vat, for example, um, when you imprint something onto a Mimic, mimic Vat, which you can do as creatures die, you could then pay three, tap that, and create a... Tap the Mimic Vat, that is, um, and create a token that is a copy of the creature that was imprinted. So, imprinting a Dream Thief on there, alright, there's an opportunity to potentially get some, something going there. Because in a, on a turn, when you have five mana available, if you counter something of your opponents, or if you bounce something of your opponents, you can then at instant speed hit a Mimic Vat or a Soul Foundry and create a token copy of Dream Thief and draw a card. And so then you've got a 2-1 flying blocker down, you know, potentially during their turn, and you, you draw an extra card. So, you know, there are worse situations. I mean, that's not the greatest value engine, but one of those things, if 
in a situation in like EDH where something like that matters, man, nah, there might be a place for this. You know, the other thing that I think of is actually my my Eureko deck. Because um, I do have a deck based around Eureko, the Tiger Shadow, and it's all about small, evasive blue and black creatures that I can use as a springboard to get ninjas onto the battlefield. It's the whole idea. And so I see something like this and see, well, a small blue creature with an enter the battlefield ability with evasion so it has flying when it comes into play i get to draw extra cards potentially and um yeah so i mean i guess those are the two big things but that mana cost of three is really off-putting you know that 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 really makes me second guess the value of something like this well, I mean, not really second guess it. I don't, I don't believe it's quite worth the mana cost. If this costs two, then it would be good. If this costs two, it would be damn good in draft. Um, it'd be damn good in draft, and you, there would be some fringe cases where it might be worthwhile and constructed. Probably wouldn't be common material then. That would probably be uncommon. Um, but yeah, with that ability, I mean, that's the thing. It is amazing how small tweaks can so dramatically change a card. So here we have a two-one flyer for three with the ability to draw cards in a draw a single card in a situation where you cast another blue spell. You make this thing cost two, and all of a sudden it bumps up from a common draft shaft unplayable meh to like an uncommon decent consideration like. Immediately, 2-1 flyer for 2, I'm not dismissing it out of hand. You know, it's a fairy, so any kind of tribal synergies there. It's also a rogue, which you can use with things um, today anyway, like, um, what is it, Robber of the Rich. You know, that cares if rogues have attacked in any given turn. Alright, so all of a sudden, fairy, rogue, you know, you got some synergies there. Okay, cool. So yeah, you make it 2, all of a sudden that thing is playable. It's rock solid, not bad. You make that thing cost one, even if you make it a one-one. Actually, no, you make that thing a two-one. Like, take it exactly as it stands. Shave another mana off that. Make that thing cost one blue, and all of a sudden you're in like mythic rare territory where certain decks like Storm would just play like four of these. Like, it'd be silly not to, in my opinion. I mean, I have, I know people who play Storm that may. Tell me why I, that's off. But if you think about it, if it's an, if you're in a deck where you're playing a lot of spells and a lot of blue spells, being able to just play one, throw it down, draw a card, like that sounds like exactly the kind of stuff you want. And then you also have a two-one flying body on into the mix as well, just cause you know, and it doesn't. But it doesn't cost one. This thing costs three, and as a result, it's like borderline unplayable. Um, yeah. It's funny how that works, right? And so that was just kind of a thought experiment because that's how that's the how much I mean one one mana is worth a lot, and two mana is worth a ton, especially on something like this. All right, so flavorfully, let's go ahead and zoom in a little bit and take a look at. So here we we have a Lorwyn fairy, which means she's got some animalistic features. She seems to have horns uh, or antenna coming out of her head. Um, they have a. She has the cricket legs that the uh, the Lorwyn fairies seem to have. She also seems to have some kind of. Um, they're either bracers made of what look like feathers or hairs, um, or she has some kind of well feathers or hairs growing out of her arms, uh, but just between the elbow and the wrist. So that's kind of interesting. All right, and then uh, yeah. So the flavor text, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fairy. She is flying 
uh, clearly at a really fast clip, there's a really good sense of uh, speed in this image. The, um, you know, her hair is billowing back, and uh, there's a lot of the background seems to be blurring as we're following, you know, this this uh, this fairy, and then she's also holding a large blue ball of energy. So it's not really clear exactly what's going on there, although it looks to me like, given the name of this card, I would imagine that what has just happened is this fairy has literally stolen a dream, stolen a thought out of someone's head, potentially while they were asleep, and is now fleeing the scene. That's the vibe I'm getting out of this. So this thing that she's holding is some kind of thing thought, some kind of dream, something out of out of somebody's head. It's actually something, it's a piece of someone's mind that was magically extracted, and now this fairy is flying away as fast as she can. Um, that's pretty darn cool. And so the flavor text is, Awila's salvaged dreams would finally be put to good use. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what use that is. And when they say salvaged dreams, I can't help but wonder what does that mean? I mean, are these the dreams that never reach sleepers? I mean, are these the dreams that get caught in things like dream catchers? Um, or are these salvaged dreams, uh, dreams that people have had that were that they brought into existence um, but have forgotten? Because I know that's one thing. Our minds are very active, and um, my understanding is the, the current belief is that we dream constantly or that we dream often, like far more than we remember. Um, and we just remember a small fraction of the number of dreams that actually occur while we're asleep. And so I wonder if maybe this is speaking to that. Maybe all of those dreams that get forgotten upon daybreak, maybe that's what this this fairy is uh, grabbing. So we do have a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of confusion for me anyway, because we have, in the, the title, she's a thief, but in the flavor text there, the dreams are salvaged. So, okay, actually, no, now that I say that out loud, I'm realizing maybe that's, maybe that's not as much of a, uh, maybe that's not as much of a dissonance as I thought. So, one thing that I know, a lot of thieves, and a lot of criminals in general, and frankly, Anyone who's made a questionable moral decision, and um, I can be honest about the fact that I'm not immune to this, and uh, I suspect, not to pass judgment on anybody, but I would be really surprised if anyone listening to this uh, does not does not have that moment when they've done something that they regret, and or something that they know isn't right, whether they regret it or not, and they justify it by putting some other label on it, some other spin, you know, um, you know, I'm not stealing this. I'm just borrowing it. Um, there's actually there, there's a series of novels that I, I'm a big fan of by Brandon Sanderson uh, called the Mistborn series. If you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, they are not a sponsor of this episode. I just think they're great and it deserves your time if you like high fantasy. And there's one character uh, who has this kind of quirk and this isn't spoiling anything. It's just kind of this funny thing that he does where he steals stuff all the time, but if you hear him talk about it, he doesn't steal anything ever. It's always a trade. 
he always so like at one point i think he trades somebody's like mantle clock for an apple core like he always leaves something behind when he takes something and so it's like no for him he's like no i traded i traded him for it you know like no i traded him for it. that crumpled up piece of paper is totally worth this you know solid gold pocket watch or whatever you know so like yeah he's stealing but he's got this justification for it and so maybe we're dealing with something like that here where this dream thief is in fact straight up stealing these right out of people's heads but she's like well they're gonna they're gonna forget him anyway you know these aren't really the good dreams i'm i'm salvaging these i'm giving them so i'm giving them a purpose um because i mean that they didn't need them it's cool like right it might be something like that anyway so this has actually been pretty fun. This is an interesting... So th- this card's not great. It's it's not good. Like I said, you can probably... If your local game store has a bulk commons bin where things are like five cents a piece, this is probably in there. Um, yeah, because it's just... It's not really... It's not really good. Um, but the flavor text... You know, the creative team told a cool story. Here, we have an interesting character in Awila. And uh, actually, and now I'm curious if Awila was a, uh, you know, I'm not familiar. Again, this was part of the blind spot in my in my history. I'm not sure who Awila was, if that was a named character in Lorewind, if that was a meaningful fairy at the time. But I definitely want to check that out. Anyway, this has been a lot of fun, guys. And uh, so, oh, plugs. I stream over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 42 This podcast, Overthinking MTG, is available on YouTube as well as your favorite podcasting app. So thank you so much for checking it out wherever you are. Uh, I really appreciate it. It means a lot. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind actually hitting uh, that subscribe button, the follow button, the like button, whatever feedback mechanism there is on your application of choice. And uh, just tell a friend, because if you're having fun, I would love for other folks to have fun as well. It means a lot. Thanks so much for coming out, and I will catch you next time.